And Nikola Vucevic's recent comments about this may be the last chance for the Chicago Bulls core, he also mentioned how the team would like to play more up-tempo. We're going to talk about why that is probably the best bet for the Chicago Bulls team and what's the biggest things holding them back from playing and being a more up-tempo team. Plus, we're going to get into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. You guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And one of the things that, you know, was kind of what well, I missed, right? In, in in talking about, I focused so much on Nikola Vucevic and him saying that this is the last chance for this corn, what that could mean. Um, In that interview with Yahoo Sports, he also pointed out how he would like to play. He thinks that the team is better uh, when they play more up-tempo. He also talked about just how much the team has missed Lonzo Ball since he went down and how much that really has changed how they had to play. Now, I had a video on it probably about two or three weeks ago at this point saying that I would like to see the Bulls play a more up-tempo style, especially with that bench unit, considering they don't have the best shooters on that. But when you get somebody like Nikola Vucevic, who's also not the quickest player, right, but has talked about how important and how much better the team is when they play up-tempo, I think that that is something to look at, right? And so when Lonzo Ball was here, right, the Bulls, naturally the Bulls pushed more paces with, with his ability to pass like you guys have, i'm sure all seen the highlight where he passes it half court from it from an inbounds play right lonzo ball and what he brought to this team was that they naturally played a little bit more up tempo right and i think that the team's style as well like it changed not that it took on the identity of lonzo ball but lonzo being the type of player he is where you know lonzo brought fun to the court on the on the chicago bulls team and while he wasn't like the vocal leader like a pat bev came in and was telling people no you're gonna do this the way that Lonzo Ball kind of ran the offense specifically in transition and helped get the Bulls out in transition with his defense, it made the Bulls a naturally a little bit more up-tempo team. Now, I think when you have players like Zach Levine, when you have players like Patrick Williams, when you have players, even though Patrick Williams isn't the best lateral quickness, he is front to back pretty quick pretty quick on that. When you have players like a Kobe White, I would assume like playing more up-tempo can absolutely help this team. Now, yesterday we talked about playing inside out with Nikola Vucevic, which in the half court, you absolutely want to do. But if this team is going to be a better defensive team, force more, get more deflections, get more turnovers, force more turnovers, that type of thing, playing more up-tempo could come naturally via that. Now, one of the things holding the team back from being up-tempo like they were back then is the fact that they just have not had a point guard the type of Lonzo Ball. Yes, Pat Bev came in and he did great things, right? Um, He did good things in solid teams for this team to help this team kind of maximize the talent that they had here. And that's why... It's important to notice that a average point guard in the league had this team playing much better. Now, we need to play even better than that if we want to get to the areas that we want to get to. But I do think that this team playing a more up-tempo style can absolutely help them. But it's how they play the more up-tempo style. You have a player in DeMar DeRozan that is going to be the one or two in shots per game for you, even though there's been some some speculation. Shout out to Tony Gill on like the, the, that DeMar DeRozan is willing to take more of a backseat if it comes to win, if it, if it means winning, right? But DeMar isn't the best off ball. He's not the best in up-tempo offense. That's just not where DeMar's strengths are, right? And so you're still going to have some of the more times that you slow it down. You're still going to have to have a very potent half-court offense to, to still get the best out of a player like DeMar and Vooch for that matter as well, even though Vooch as the trailer in a more up-tempo style 
can work as well. But this Bulls team, this goes back to the thing that we've been talking about. The Bulls have to establish their on-court identity. We know who the Bulls are off the court. There are a lot of good guys who do good things, who or who love the game of basketball, who put in the work, things like that. But on your on-court identity and what this team is going to be has to start being coming coming together early, right? And I think even when you look at some of the acquisitions that the Bulls have made in the offseason, Julian Phillips on a lot bit him, right? While they may not be a big part of the Chicago Bulls um, rotation immediately, that still points to a more up-tempo style offense that are going to benefit the most out of those players eventually. Now, it comes down to as well, you have to ask, Billy, is Billy Donovan going to run a more up-tempo style? And I think we've seen instances over Billy Donovan's career where the teams move a little bit faster. So even though I am a Billy Donovan critic and I'm not the biggest fan of Billy Donovan, I do think that is something that his coaching style would allow for. But you have to have the personnel to do it. And you have to have the, the team identity to do it. And that identity has to be made on rebounding the ball well. On top of that, forcing turnovers, playing good half-court defense. That is what we need to see. And Javon Carter, while not the set him up, uh, I'm, I'm about to just assist and, and facilitate type point guard, he can do some of that. But you have passers on this team that you can also do some of that stuff with as well. So we'll end up seeing. I think the combination of moving to a more up-tempo style offense it in reality, right? You don't want to just run just to run. But then also when you do go half court, operate through Vooch a little bit more. I think the combination of those two things could really help modernize that Bulls offense, even while DeMar DeRozan is still here, right? And still a big part of that. But this is the year that they have to make that move. This is the year that they have to show it. And hopefully in that desperation, which is maybe lack of, for a better word, uh, they, 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 that they take that offense to the next level. But let me know what you guys think on that down below. But it is Sunday, so that means that we are going to get into the mailbag. We're going to go ahead and play the first voicemail now. Hey, hey, this is Daniel from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, I'm just going to talk about the uh, topic you were, you know, Captain Zyler were talking about uh, earlier, whether or not, you know, Andre Drummond was a Hall of Famer and should not be going to a Hall of Fame simply because of his rebounding. Because, you know, just one stat. And that got me thinking, uh, if that is a disqualifying option, then should Dennis Rodman be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he provided, he did a lot more than just rebounding, but it doesn't really show up in the stats. I mean, he was a high energy guy, great defense. Uh, when he wasn't doing crazy stuff, he was, you know, really one of the best teammates he could have. But like I said, when you go to the stat line, rebounding was it for him. He wasn't, you know, blocking shots, getting steals, making assists, any jump shots. So um, I just want to ask your opinion on that matter. All right. So that was Reginald. And uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, okay, here's the thing. Dennis Rodman was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2011. And the the thing that we talked about with Andre Drummond isn't just because he's just, well, as far as him maybe, my point on him not being in Hall of Famer is that you have to have more accolades. Dennis Rodman is a multiple-time NBA champion, right, and played a huge role in a team winning, right? The thing with Drummond isn't just to say, oh, you're a great rebounder. Is that going to be enough to get you in the Hall of Fame? I don't think any one stat does that. But I think you also have to have accolades and i don't mean all-star because all-star is fan voting i mean all nba teams which he, what he has all the de defensive team i believe but then he, it, like when you look at the win percentage of the teams that he's been on it hasn't been the best right and yes that that goes more than just him but even when you compare him to a player like joe kim noah who joe kim noah 
absolutely impacted the Chicago Bulls winning. Joe Kim Noah was a facilitator at time from the center position. Joe Kim Noah was one of the best rebounders in the game of basketball at that time and was a pretty damn good rim protector. When it comes down to it, even comparing Andre Drummond to Dennis Rodman for me, I can't do it because Dennis Rodman, yes, he's already a Hall of Famer. And yes, if you look at his, his game, at the stat line, you're going to say, oh, he was just an amazing rebounder. But we know Dennis Rodman was so much more important than that. His switchability at that point in time as, as a big in that, in that version of the NBA would be astronomical now, right? Dennis Rodman it absolutely impacted winning on a high level that I don't know if we've seen Andre Drummond do consistently. And again, I don't want to put a team's win-loss on just one player because that's not what I'm saying. Andre Drummond isn't that generational talent that you're just going to look at like, like that's just going to get you go out there and win your 30 games that season. But for Drum's comments on being a Hall of Famer and to be based about rebounding, yes, you have been an amazing rebounder. But some of the, a lot of those rebounds also are on your own missed shots, right? That wasn't Dennis. So I don't like the Dennis comparison to Andre Drummond. I don't like them even being mentioned in the same breath, personally. But you guys can let me know what you think. Maybe I'm a little bit off my rocker. I am old. Let me know what you guys think on that down below. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Shay. What's up, hey? This is Shay. You know, everybody's been talking about us getting Doug McDermott, and I'm here to say, in terms of trading for him, hell motherfucker, no. Look, I like Doug McDermott. He's a good score off the bench and all that, but think about it. We already had, that's basically a Kobe White from four years ago. Brother, if he's not scoring, he doesn't give you too much of anything. And Doug McDermott is a little bit older in his 30s now and i'll be wrong he could help us off the bench but man besides Clown, what else does he bring us the way i see it you could get him in free agency this coming off season especially if Lonzo balls and money come up, up off the the books and we don't bring the rosen back you know so i don't know about us trading for doug McDermott. now if he gets bought out on the other hand yeah now most definitely let's do it but i mean he's on last year his deal he's on the last year of his deal and then too with the Spurs, who knows? Who knows? He might, he might even get bought out. That's just my opinion. Anyway, tell me what you think. Faith. First, uh, listen. Uh, so Petty Roosevelt is going to come out a little bit, especially in the last voicemail today. But Shay, stop saying you've heard everyone. You heard it was one article that me and Pat then talked about on Locked On Bulls. You ain't heard a lot of nobody talking about trading for Doug McDermott. You ain't heard that, bro. Like, just say, hey, I read the article. This is my thought on it. And like me and Pat said then, like. Doug McDermott does bring, well, Pat was more for bringing Doug McDermott on. Like, Doug McDermott makes one, one and a half, almost two three-pointers per game. For $15 million, $14 million, I'm not paying that for two three-pointers per game. I'm just not. So, you know, Doug, Dougie has turned himself into a very much more consistent player since he left the Chicago Bulls, as a lot of players do, unfortunately. Um, but I'm not willing to, to give up assets. Like, like it would be Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide 
who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you can acquire them with a mid-level exception and keep it pushing, but like, I'm not willing to get like, even if the Chicago Bulls come in and maybe uh, uh, Torrey Craig and Javon Carter's three-point shooting isn't what I hope and think it's going to be, I'm still not willing to pay that price tag. We are paying collectively less for Javon Carter and, and Torrey Craig almost over the value of the total totality of their, of their contracts, right, than what you would pay for one year of Doug McDermott and all he brings is shooting. He's improved as a defender. Do not get me wrong. Solid passer now as well within the scheme of the game. But again, that's San, San Antonio. I'm not paying no $14 million for no Doug McDermott in 2023, the year of our Lord. Not doing it. Not doing it. I'd rather, I'd rather listen to the Ultimate Rage's hip-hop album than do that personally. That's just my personal opinion. But all right, let's get into the ne- the next voicemail. This one's from Mr. Homeboy. What's going on, man? This is Mr. Homeboy. Man, I had a question. So uh, I know that um, the Bulls have all those exceptions and stuff like that uh, with cap salary and things of that nature to maybe make a big move if they're doing good and things of that nature. So who do you think – I'm not sure if this is more of a – based off of what are the, what the flaws are, if they are doing good. But what, what would be like a uh, – uh, a key piece to to bring along to the team to maybe take them over the take them over the the, the hump. I'm not sure if this question only could be answered if um I guess wait until they play maybe they're doing good but maybe they need size or something like that and maybe that's what they look out for maybe that would be the question where maybe you have to go and see. But uh, what my question is what type of players would you think will if they if the Chicago Bulls are doing good will make sense like what one year deals would make sense to, for them to go out and trade. But, yeah, that's my only question. All right, man, I'll tap in later. Great question here. Great question. What should the Bulls add with their exceptions? Here's the thing, you, you and you said this in your voicemail. I don't really know yet because you could look at point guard, right, if you need some of that traditional half-court point guard play that's just like if Javon Carter doesn't end up being that, but even then, I don't know if you want to spend more money on that position, right, at this point where you may want to wait till a player becomes a free agent. Keep in mind, you can o- only acquire a player in the last year of their deal via trade or sign somebody to a one-year deal with the disabled player exception. Um, but it may, you. we have to see how this team, because this team is set, right? Yeah, they could possibly waive Carly Jones, which I think may happen by that guarantee date uh, or something like that. But then are you looking at bringing up Ernie Lott Bidham, right? Or what, what are, you, are you looking for more size? That could be something that the Bulls are also looking for towards the end of this season. So those type of things play a part in it. And I think at this point, I'd rather see 
what identity this team takes, and then what the holes are on this team, and then look around, survey around the trade deadline, and then try to see how best you can you can fill that void on that team. So I'm not I'm not point guard comes to mind if you're asking me to answer now. So, some more legitimate size coming off the bench as well. But even then, are you paying ten and a half million dollars for that? So I'm more so looking for if the Bulls do use that disabled player exception to fill something majorly, right? Or to acquire for a player that they are probably going to then look to re-sign in the offseason as well. So I can't really judge it yet, but, you know, shooting's always going to be a thing that we can add for. I would say this, if you're talking about just type of player, I would like the Bulls to play a two-way player, two, uh, two-way player that defends and can do some scoring, right? Scoring or shooting, whether a scorer or a shooter, that's kind of what I like to see added to this Bulls team because I think Especially, you know, Kobe can, can if Kobe does end up being the starter, then you need that even more coming off the bench. If Even if Kobe does end up being off the bench, you can always use a little bit more defense and some shooting or some scoring in that case. So that's kind of the place where my brain goes to. But right now, I would rather try to evaluate this team over the first 20, 25 games before we start talking about what this team may need. Yeah, on paper, we can see it. But Let's see how Torrey Craig and Javon Carter uh, play. Let's see if any, like, Patrick Williams and his development, Kobe and his development, like, what that really brings to this team. And, I, and you know, we'll see. I also think that Io DeSumo is going to be a player that, if he does get minutes, is going to be more naturally aligned to his skill set because he's going to be coming off the bench, and we could see that as well. So let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Ask me that again 20 games into the season, though, brother. Keep that in. Put, that, put a pin in that. Send that voicemail again in 20, to, in 20 games after the season starts. But let's get into the last voicemail for today. And this one I'm probably going to go in on. This one's from Casual Kelder. Okay, I got a comp for you here. Um, and this might shock you, but it's actually, I think it's a positive one. So I'm going to compare Zach Levine to a Hall of Famer, okay? I think his career path is basically Ray Allen. If you remember Ray Allen, he started off on big score, um, you know, was on some decent teams, some good teams, was a high scoring, high, um, you know, athletic, good shooter. Um, Really, really, really good player um, who, for whatever reason, because my theory is um, high-scoring shooting guards who don't do much else aren't really the way to build a team. And uh, that was Ray Allen. He was a high-scoring shooting guard, um, did not play that much defense, wasn't a playmaker. Basically, he was a bucket getter. Um, very valuable. Um, but you know, his team in Milwaukee and in Seattle you know, gradually you know, moved on because they were going for – you know, different things. Um, Ray Allen got his, you know, championships when he went to, you know, other teams like Boston and Miami. He was a third or fourth option. I think that's Zach Levine right there. Um, he's a high usage, high scoring guard who doesn't do much else. He's not a playmaker, really. Decent playmaker. He's not terrible, but, you know, not someone that you count on to do it. Not a defender. Um, we can all kind of agree on that. He's gotten a little better, I know, but, um, he's not a defender. He makes a lot of mistakes. I mean, a ton of mistakes in the half-court uh, defense. I think once he gets to be, you know, after the, towards the end of the contract, he'll go either on Chicago. Maybe Chicago gets a, a couple guys in that can let him be a supporting guy or to another team. And um, those very he could do very well if he goes to a team that's in contention. Um, so, anyway, that's me. That's me talking here. I'm thinking that Ray Allen is a good comp for Levine. I think Levine is Ray Ray 2.0. Maybe if he can, you know, get to a spot where he can concentrate on what he's good at, which is scoring. I mean, and then have enough other people, two-way guys, playmakers, to help him out. That's got to be the goal with him. I don't know if the Bulls um, have that. Well, I know they don't have it now, but maybe they can get that in the future. Uh, what do you think? 
All right, so this, is, uh, more than any other voicemail, proves that Kelder is not only casual, but he doesn't actually watch or understand the game of basketball very well. To say that Ray Allen was the third or fourth option on that Boston Celtics team, the year that they won the title, KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen all averaged right under 14 shots per game. It was, uh, for, for KG, for example, 3.7. For Kevin, uh, no, I'm sorry, 3.9 for KG. For Pierce, 3.7. For Ray Allen, third, I'm sorry, three, I said three. See, now I'm going in. Kelder got me pissed off. For Paul Pierce, he averaged 13.7 shots per game. Kevin Garnett averaged 13.9 shots per game. Ray Allen averaged 13.5 shots per game. Where's the third option at, brother? Where's the third option at? The, it, the, the, the difference, that is what made that team so special was the balance. So right there, you saying that Ray Allen was the third or fourth option and that's when he found success is fucking stupid, to just be quite frank. To just be frank, that's stupid. And then also to compare Kate, uh, to compare Ray Allen to, to Zach Levine, do you watch these guys play or do you just look at stats? Because there's nothing similar about their games that they play on the basketball court at all. And then as far as the caliber of player, if you want to say that, yeah, Ray Allen's teams did struggle when he was kind of the main piece at times in, 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 in the places that he went in Milwaukee and Seattle, I can understand that. But they are so vastly different players that to make that comparison is borderline asinine and stupidity. I'm sorry. It just was. Now, maybe you are a new basketball fan and you only saw Ray Allen when he played with the Miami Heat, and that's why you can say that, but Come on, man. To say that Ray Allen was only a shooter too, like yes, that was his primary and and greatest skill. But we gotta, we can't act like we didn't have years of Ray Allen averaging five, six assists per game, right, on a team that did on teams that really didn't have much else around him. So him giving that type of of effort was huge for it, right? Come on, man. Yes, Ray Allen was never a lockdown defender either, but let's be clear here. Ray Allen, for his career, career, has a 108 defensive rating, my brother. Like, what are you talking about, Kelder? What You got to Listen, that's it. That was it. That did it. Keep in mind, Ray Allen has more sub-105 defensive rating seasons, which defensive rating isn't everything, right? I want to be clear on that. But more than that, than, than games that Zach Levine has had at, at, at sub one, you gotta stop, bro. Like this is absolutely, clearly, unequivocally. Until you can up your actual basketball knowledge, while I uh, I I love the fact that you support the show, and I love the fact that you do fantasy sports, and I think you're trying to view actual sports through a fantasy lens. Listen, I I rock with you, brother, and your fantasy sports knowledge is on point. I cannot take away from that. But when you try to talk about the actual game of basketball, it sounds worse than my four-year-old, which I don't even have a four-year-old, my imaginary four-year-old, or when my son was four, talking about the game of basketball at a high level. You got to stop. You got to drop down, stop looking at stat sheets, stop going to ESPN, stop looking at box scores, and watch some fucking basketball, bro. Go down, sit in a game, sit your ass in a seat. Take notes because you need to, and then come back and we can review your notes as a family. I'm going to check your homework like I have to do my children because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Chill the fuck out, bro. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot 
for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like we like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.